Oh, just get the regular one. This one. Put your headphones on, folks. Ooh, I love that. Listen, listen, listen. That's good. That's a good one. Watch what he said. The ghetto. Yes. This is the ghetto. <laughs> Shown up now. Oh. Yeah. yeah, come on. Big, big lap in the ghetto. The funky, funky ghetto. In the, the ghetto. ghetto. The jungle. Uh, uh, in the, the ghetto. Village. Uh, 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 uh. Big, big, big lap. Come on. Come on. Tell us about it, man. Come on. The funky, funky ghetto. In uh, yeah. the LA County Jail. Schmidt! <laughs> 1700. Uh, uh. What? Richard Ramirez. Yeah! I said the night stalker. Running around the yeah. street. Uh, sold him some bunk weed. Motherfucker, Cecil Motel down on the Huntington. He stayed at the Cecil. Cecil! Maine. <laughs> the Leo! Huh? The Lower Bottoms. <laughs> That was said night to me. Skid Row's fine. Is the ghetto. Yeah. The, the, the ghetto. Come on. Yeah, ghetto. Get down to the ghetto yeah. now. The west side. West, 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 west side. We doing it. Woo. Yeah, come on. Woo. The hard luck show. Yeah. Green, green, green juice. Sean. Not enough ginger. Hey. Huh. Chumahan. And Big Schmidt. <laughs> OG Lucky. Oh, OG. Yeah. The motherfucking corner. Yeah, the corner. Shout out to Rebel from this. Hey. Yeah. Woo. Woo. Shout out to Spanto, born and raised. Yeah. Burner. Yeah, shout out to All right, let's go. Soul Assassin. Get out. Esteban Oreo. DJ Muggs. Give it to me now. Cartoon. Ha. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Cartoon. Hard luck show. Yeah. You the know. City of Santa Monica. Yeah. Richard, all of you out there. Hey, Esteban. Come, come on. on. Come on. Come on. Soul Assassin. Take them pictures, boy. <laughs> take them pictures. <laughs> I said, take, take, take them pictures. Out. Yo! I say Fairfax District. Hello? Hey, we here? Hey. Yeah! OG Hello? left. Oh! Oh! Triple OG left! No Hard get on. show. Yeah! Oh! Woo! Yeah! Yeah! The gyms Three, are open! The gyms Three, are open! The gyms are open! Yeah! Come on! The shower curtains! Go. Yeah! Don't believe the hype! Uh. Keep your ass at home! Fuck the fountain is still creeping yeah. in your fucking zone. Down the with Donald Trump. Uh, 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 uh. Come on. Go to the polls. Yeah. 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 Come on. Get over. Hey. Hey, come on now. Bring it down. Bring it down. Lap. Bring it down. Everyone, come on. Come on. Do, do, the, do the nice. Come on. Come on. Tell him. Tell him. Oh, Moses. Hard luck show. There we go. Nice and easy. Come on. The night stalker. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Ramirez. We got this coffee. Yeah. Talking about the green juice. We got the water. Yeah. What? What? Come on, man. We got the protein bar. Listen. He's from El Paso. El Paso. Yeah. 
the night stalker, Jamoa. Yeah, what? Yo, we here. Schmitty says yes. So <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome, 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 welcome. Schmitty wiped his ass with a dirt cloth. <laughs> Two. The Hard Luck Show. Oh, and if you haven't guessed, <laughs> if you haven't figured it out by now, ladies and gentlemen, this is the greatest show on earth. And yes, we have some special guests here today. Oh, we do. Cross from me, my partner and co-host is Chumahan. Yeah, Savage Red Nation. Chumahan. Up. Huh? Come on, well, that means medicine man. What? Chumahan. What? Chumahan. What? Chumahan. What? Yeah, that's right, man. Who else and on sound, the incredible, the inevitable. Yeah. Old Blue Eyes himself. Yeah. Old Blue Eyes. The Boris Lewis. Try it again. Oh, Blue Eyes! Sean Lewis! Hey! Yeah! He's hey. Sean Lewis! Sean Lewis! Yeah. yeah! Doing it his way! Get in there, Sean! Oh! Yeah! Okay, so. Hey, what? Sean, give us a Jesus Christ! Yeah! Jesus Christ! No! no. What do you mean? Jesus Christ! We oh, love oh, you! Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ! Yeah! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Shout out to the ghetto. Yeah. Love you, God. <laughs> Love you, God. <laughs> One more time, Sean. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Shout out. Sword, God. <laughs> Love you, God. Yeah. Love yeah. that. Yeah, the shit. Man, that makes my day. <laughs> the best. Uh, who else we got? We got... In the corner over there, we got Big Schmitty. I'm here. I'm here. Schmitty, no lies. Tell me no lies, Schmitty. And then to to the right here, we got... Hold on, let's... Oh, yeah. Schmitty. Schmitty. I'm here. I'm still here. (laughs) Schmitty. Tell me no lies, Schmitty. Nope. Schmitty took a shower with his brother until he was 11, and his parents (laughs) had to stop it. (laughs) Schmitty, what are you wearing, man? What kind of shirt is that? Do you want to enlarge on that? Do you want to speak more on that shower? Twin showers? Schmitty, shout out to Esteban Not the twin towers, the twin showers. Yeah, twin showers. Schmitty ain't never been to the tower. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. The twin showers. No character assessment. Say. Hey, Schmidt, <laughs> honestly, no joking around. Yeah? Did you and your brother, when you showered, did you guys use soap? <laughs> yeah, and I was careful not to drop it. Oh! oh He's a, uh, Schmidt, he's a jammer, not a receiver. Oh, Let no. me ask you this, Schmidt. So when <laughs> you guys, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. When you guys, when Being you guys. around the bush here. Yeah, well, essentially, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they... So, Schmitty, why did your parents have to finally intervene and say, okay, boys, enough uh, horseplay? Oh, uh, the pubic hair started coming in. <laughs> Once that started coming hey. in, you start itching, scratching. Itching and scratching. Hey, they say if you fuck. He had an itch that needed to be scratched. Man. No, hey, they, they this is the real Schmitty. This is the real Schmitty. Hey, they say if you flip, you'll flop. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
Uh, you ain't flipping, are you? Geriatric gangster. I got him up there, man, today. You didn't see that? Hey, Fuck, we, bro. We put him up. Wait, wait, I got a dude over there, man. He, he looks just like George Washington. Daniel. He hit a bump. He had a little relapse, but we let him back in because he and was we, honest. Also, we also got our good friend here. Yes. Back visiting, doing some commentary today. Mr. Brian Stevens in the mix. Hey, let yeah. me tell you something. Yeah. Big this Brian. Big Brian, the only man I know that was dropped off in uh, in a bad part of town shoeless, <laughs> no, right? That's a true story. And he was able to find himself the right size shoes. What size shoes you wear? 12. 12. Wow. He was able to find 12s with no with no shoes on from, and bought them off a homeless guy when wow. cur- like everything was shut down because of coronavirus or something. When did this happen? Not too long ago. Oh. This happened about, uh, what, three, about two months ago? Yeah, two months ago. <laughs> Too much. Yeah, talk well, about it. Talk about a survivor. Yeah, that's what, right. What neighborhood? Uh, he was up. What Santa town was it? Santa Rosa. He was in the oh. back. <laughs> I was in Windsor and then. Windsor, <laughs> man. Yeah, I done a lot of time up around that area. <laughs> no, one of them gated communities. Yeah. yeah I've been up there. Uh, when you say gated communities, you mean like the the Stony Lonesome gated community? Right, you know the ones up there that yeah. they made the state of California, how they got it cracking real cool. Right there know? in the so- central and northern right, coast. Yeah, there, well, the yeah, cops. Yeah. Listen, just so everyone knows, cops cop brutality uh, it ain't got nothing to do with race because Brian is a is a Caucasian dude, and they right. dropped his ass off. In Santa Rosa, in a bad part of town, hoping that right. uh, something cops. would happen to him. You know what? <laughs> By white man, cops. And he got and he got done raw. Yeah. Right. yeah. His whole sentence and his whole get down, bro. They did him like they did him just like they would do anybody of color. Exactly. <laughs> right. Well, exactly. Yeah. Blue eyes, blonde hair. They did. He, I mean, seriously, you look at Brian and you're like, oh, he must be part of the team. But they took Brian and dropped him off. They made an example of Brian. They did. They made an example of Brian. That tank top, he don't look like part of the team. That's hey. what you were saying. He looks part of our team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that, them some old yeah. squad. He kids. said. He said. He said. Brian Stevens said that he was. He don't exactly remember what happened, but he just came to partying in a park. Right. And the cops beelined it for him. But there was like ten hundred people in the park, right. and the cops oh, yeah. just zeroed in on right. him. Yeah, you know the difference. Like this is how you can signify, like a little trivia. This is how you signify. You're, you're looking for something. I, I got green Maybe. juice, baby. Listen, green this juice. This is how you can signify the new work from the old work. You see, the old work that's done up in that joint is the way his work looks. We all have that. This faded. It's, it's a faded blue. Yeah. You see that faded blue, and a lot of those patterns, man. They're just like. It's just you. You gotta. You gotta get the guy at the right time when you get the text. Me and Lucky both were in situations where, you know, we were like, you know what, well, yeah, the dude, you know, because you know what, like people are paying big money for these tattoos nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When me, when Lucky and I was up in the joint, man, we was getting like it was an honor for somebody. They'd be like, hey, I want you know, big luck. You know, I want to put you know, it's people that you know that know how to tattoo on the yard before you probably had a few dudes. Hey, just let me know, like, because the the first way you get a tattoo from a, a dude that's tagging in the pen is you don't sweat them. You can't sweat. Yeah, what yeah. Is that? Like, when you sweat somebody, man, you're like, hey, let me get mm-hmm. that. Let me get that. If you got money or you got soups or you mm-hmm. got, you know, any type of food items, you you could get in. He's gonna put you on the list. Coffee. But if you just be quiet and mind your business and the dude yeah, likes he's gonna you, pull you in. Yeah, you're a reputable dude. Like you out there on the yard hitting six, eight, nine quarters. You know, back arm and big <laughs> money. Arm. And you know, and you know the homie, the dude that's tattooing, he wants his work on you because he knows you're gonna fluctuate through the through the joints. And when they look at that tattoo, like right here, 
The naked lady? Yeah. Hustler from uh, 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 Lancaster did that. Hustler from a different yeah. muscler. Hustler, hustler from Lancaster 13. I'll shout out. He, he, you know, and he did a lot of my tax. But, it, but, but you couldn't no, get in. But, you but, couldn't. But, so what you're saying, it makes total sense. You're yeah. saying, in a sense, it's, it's like cross-promotion. Right, right, right. They you, don't would, wanna... you would have to be lucky enough just to cross paths <laughs> right. and be in the situation right. to get it. It's like that. It's all fate. Right. right. You know? Yeah. You because can't order these it. These dudes up. are out on the street. And plus, you can't just get anything put on you. you can't just tap yeah, we try to, <laughs> we try yeah, to explain that. This is what happens. Like, we get on the mic like we are now. We try to explain that, that some of these, some of the tattoos that, 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 that they're putting on nowadays, yeah. it's like, it's like I, I mean, like, you know, like, I, I, I'm not going to be up here politicking on tattooing, man, because I, I, I'm, a, I'm in a different lifestyle today. Right. So it's like, some of that shit, it, 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 if you put it on out here and you go up in there, somebody yeah. might, like, you, you get questions. <laughs> yeah. For all that shit, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Who is that? Um, so, you know, before we kind of. I don't need no introduction. I'm Gangster <laughs> Lepke, Soul Assassins. They know I'm here. They hear my voice. Hey. And they're going to let me in. We ain't even tripping on that. We ain't even tripping. And they're going to let you in. They ain't gonna let, let me in, let man. Me, let me see if I can. Uh... I used to lay street corners down when they wouldn't give me no free dope. I used to go in there and just tell them, you guys ain't selling no dope today. For an hour. Give me some. No, I tell them like this. You got to raise up for an hour. And and, and then this is what I would proceed to do. I I, I would tell my homeboys, hey, this this street is shut down. And anybody coming in off of El Centro and Santa Monica, right? I was getting that money until I felt I had enough money. And then by that time, a motherfucker would give me some goddamn rocks. Excuse me, Lord, for using your name. I was shutting it down. So there's two ways we could go. You could either make this money. Matter of fact, I'm shutting it down because I need some money. Because I don't want no dope. I need some cash because I'm about to head out to Bonnie Bray and fucking Six at the donut shop. And I need some heroin. And ain't nobody in Hollywood got no heroin. So it's like, I'm, I'm shutting this fucking street down. You motherfucker. And, I, you know, and they're like, yeah, you know, do what you got to do. But anyway. Yeah, you know, they want to play hardball, so it was like I had to play hardball, too. You know, 1994, man, I caught that second strike. But we going back to 1984 when they cleared, when, when, when uh, Daryl Gates cleared the streets on that Operation Hammer, man. And that's when Richard Ramirez was running around down on Skid Row shooting all that cocaine. And I got history on that cocaine that he was firing. Hold on a second, hold on a second. Let's, before we get to that, right? Let's see if this works here. I'm setting up something. Do you, do you remember, man? You know what? Go ahead. I don't want to say it in the right way. I want to say it in the right Do your thing. Just, you know. Look, we all know that gun violence across the United States is, is up and growing and all this. We, we know that. It's, it's, a, it's a real fucking problem. But what I wanted to say was I was, you know, upon doing some investigation and and just constantly in history of this city, I was really trying to get back in the mode of like the mid '80s, early '90s, just the L.A. Lepke. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, man. I'm you know, people know you know. I, I was around, dude. I was born in the late '60s, and uh, Lep. Yeah. For some reason, bro, in like I'm talking about eighty, let's say eighty seven, eighty eight, eighty nine, there were murders going on in Los Angeles right. everywhere, every day. It went all the way into the nineties, and it absolutely right. it went it through until like ninety like ninety seven ninety eight. It started to like change a little bit, but I was busted. I was not his own. But I'm saying, man, it was all the time, right. everywhere. 
around you. There was there was if it was a concert, if it was a car show, if it was right. a, there was people getting gunned. It was it was murders. It was random murders. Right. It was gang related. Fucking, Everything. 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 Well, Everything. what did you take there from were, that? Dude, when you would watch the news, right. the news would be nothing but murders. What right. would you take? But what did you take from that? When you looked back at that time and you saw these murders, what were you? What that it was very you people just kind of rolled a bit differently. Um, people were it was just it was just like it was different. It was like unable how? to you were unable to pay, not pay attention. Like if you went somewhere, it would be in your mind. Yeah. Some shit might crack. Right. That's why people carry guns. Right. right. And there was so much gun. You just automatically had in your in your head knowing that sooner or later, as long as this big event goes on, it's going to end at some time with somebody getting shot. Got it. Meaning like you could go to a car show, you go to a gallery, whatever, whatever dude, it was. And it was more than likely going to get shut down. Right. It would get shut down. It would get shut down. So... I just remember that, but just going going out, man, or anywhere, right. you know, Lepke being from Hollywood, anytime you go out yeah, on like right. a Friday, Saturday night, See, you heard anything the could happen. Yeah, and there were shootings in Hollywood. You guys listen to me when I tell you this. There was right. shootings on Hollywood and in Hollywood every fucking night. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday hear, night when they used to cruise. And multiple, bro. Oh, they it was crazy when the dope was, was running through there. So it was just always, man, but there was a sense right. of just... In life, in general, in Los Angeles, it was a dangerous place. There was different ty- and dude, you'd have like motherfucking Korean people killing Korean people. Right. Uh, you know, it'd be every race everywhere, dude. Right? You get what I'm saying? It yeah, was, like, like in a sense, it people was getting out of the car, blasting on them, free you know, for all, road rage, like, just a fucking free it, for all. And so you just kind of approached the world every time you went out. A little bit differently. Now, I don't know. That's the times. That's my, where I was at at that time, or whatever. But I'm telling you, man, you were a little bit more on your p's and q's. How does that stack up? So that's an interesting thought because what you're saying is, is like, in a certain way, y- you had to be ready and tense wherever you went. And two, it also was like this: the crazy gun laws hadn't come in. Were about yeah. to start coming into effect. They hadn't yet, or they were right on the like. Verge like them starting to put these crazy gun laws in. So right. prior to that, you could get caught with a gun. Yeah, you and get yeah, okay, yeah, and you, catch you get five a, years or three no, years. No, you get like the, like a first commitment with a gun. That it wasn't stolen. If the gun came across the county line, that it automatically went to the feds. A lot of people don't know that. Right. If you had a strap and you wait, were wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. hold on. So what you're saying though with the crazy gun laws is it got easier to get guns or it got no, harder? No, got harder. No, it got harder. And they it got, got harder when they caught you with a gun. Right. You could get caught with a loaded gun, man, and catch like three or five. Yeah, you could do a year in the county jail. A lot there you of go. Homeboys. Yeah, there were a ton right, of people right. got, yeah, got gun, caught with gun charges, and they're doing the year top, but they're, they're in the county. It was but, stolen gun. But no, the there was year wasn't no halftime or nothing. It was 365 days remanded to the Department of the Custody so. of the Sheriff's Department, and you did the year in a day. It was called one year in a day. Yeah, I did it. I did one of those before. You know, the county. They started, you know, the, the, that piece started becoming a. They were striking fools out with guns. Yeah, but you know what's weird? Right. Hey, listen to this though, because I'm listening to you talk, and I'm like, they put so, in, huh? And but at that time, how many people were complaining about anxiety? Like you're talking about, you had to go places where you, for sure there was going to be a shooting. I think weak, weak, weak-minded people were complaining about it. Scared right. people because like now about today. It. People Some, complain about anxiety today. Everyone's got anxiety. Every single person almost that I know, right, m- like my age and younger, they're going anywhere. They got generalized anxiety. They don't even know why. They're just freaking out. 
But you're telling me like, dude, we would go to a party and you just knew there was going to be something going down and we had to be on our P's and Q's. But were you guys complaining about the anxiety at that time or what did you do? No, 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 because you yourself could take measures into your own hands. Right. And it was, you know, I mean, sometimes you had to. By the time it started going to prison, you couldn't. Like then, you'd have to run the risk of fucking that. But prior to that, you you just be you didn't think about it. You were you were going to protect whatever you needed to. You just knew you were walking into like a a a potential hospital environment at all times. As somebody who uh, on this show immortalized the words, you had to go into situations say, "Look, it can go down on the left of me. It can go down on the right of me. It just ain't going down right here." But at the same time, at the same time, uh, uh. Being if anytime you get a like a, a bad arrest record and you've been in and out and in and out, it doesn't matter if you got the gun or not. You ain't they're not going to do it leniently, because I used to have the cop tell me straight out, "Look, if you don't if you don't get up out of this now, I'm gonna put a gun on you and you're gonna go do some years yeah. and I won't have there to deal go. with you for a few years." Rampart was good at that. They were good at that. So let me show you. So what ended up happening with me was, <laughs> yeah. I'm a gang member in a gang infested neighborhood. Right, yeah. With uh, with enemies, all, I'm surrounded by enemies, and I have to roll those streets of Hollywood. You're six foot four, without a gun. Yeah, you can't you and can't I'm miss Lepke. But let me tell you, I've <laughs> always been known. Like a lot of people will tell you, like that when when I in my gangbanging days, they like, they knew I wasn't strapped. So if I have the cops take me from 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 uh, Gower and Sa- Santa Monica, yeah. and drop me off on Western and Santa Monica, yeah. which is two Just, neighborhoods I don't get yeah, along with, yeah. prominent prominently uh, MS neighborhood, because they and knew they, you weren't strapped. They would leave, so yeah, they would they would take me and drop me off there, and at the bus stop. And that bus back in the day there was no metro; it was the four twenty. It was a freeway flyer. You used to jump on the freeway and take you to downtown. Hey, let me let me ask you this, man. Let me ask you this, Big Lip. Because uh, we're kind of talking about this and talking about your past. <clears throat> it is a slight left, but i just curious now that we have you here. When you watched <clears throat> in, back in your life when you were in your addiction and you saw that on LA Originals and you saw how like you were kind of being treated to a certain extent, how did you feel about seeing it again yourself in that time period? How did you feel? I had already seen that footage because what Esteban would do is he would, what he would do is he would, uh, I would get out big, like doing like a year, yeah, or do a few yeah. years, and I would get out, and he would pull me aside, and he would show me the footage of how I looked when he was, you know, when I'd be down there, like what yeah. they saw, what, what, what they watched on LA Originals. He would see the, he would show me that footage, and I'd be like, man, you you can't be serious. He goes, look at you, look at how you were, you were fucking killing us. Look at this shit, bro. Sucked up. Yeah, I would, and I'd look at that, and I'd be like, damn, man, I don't, you know, I have remorse, like I'm sorry I did, you know. And then later, even though no matter what would happen to me, I'd always because if you're, if we have a saying in recovery, man, it's like some some people's uh, addiction is stronger than the recovery. So when you have that, you're right. always going to go back t- to what you know, man. Right. And all I knew was to get my $200 a gate money, right? Call the PO and tell them I'm not reporting to go to Foot Locker and buy them some tennis shoes. Cause yeah. it's on the hey, Capper's, Capper's right. 71 says Lepke, yeah. Lepke's comeback is very respectful. Thank you very much. You can much, big man. ups. Yeah, okay. whoever. Yeah. So, Steve, going back to your perception, you're saying like back then it was a violent time. People were dealing with murders. And then what else? Where were you? Where were you going with the sort of that thought? Um, I was just saying that it was just like an overall. There was a familiar feeling to like the news and what was going on, and even like you know, you could see it in the morale of if you were to watch interviews of even like people involved in like 
you know, what, when they would interview witnesses or interview cops about the murders, yeah, you can just you feel it listening to them. Like they're weary. Yeah, they're just like it's just another murder, man. Like that's all. They, it, it was. It was just on and cracking, bro, in the late 80s into the early 90s, man. Does this, like, does this time itself, is it like parallel with like the crack ep- epidemic? No. A- absolutely. Is it? Absolutely. When did I mean, crack it's in, hit? No, it's in there because it, crack really started hitting hard like, you know, 80, 84, okay. 85. It was starting right. to hit in L.A. Like there was there was plenty of dope spots to go, you know? There, there, yeah. yeah. People were smoking dope. But yeah, it's in that. My my thought is that it would. My thought is that 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 kind of times itself with, like illegal firearms, like flooding absolutely. the street. Like it's easy to get a absolutely a piece. that had a piece to do with it. Yeah, right. I did because there's an influx of money. There's an influx of guns. There's an influx of right. But now also, you got people traveling out of their area. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it just it changed up things, man. And then anybody who's going to get in the dope games and start carrying arms. But also from what I've, I've read, anyway, is also that the reason why gang violence got really heightened at that time was because it was really over territory for sales. It, no, listen, a- absolutely. But what I don't want to get lost on is I'm not talking about the, just that culture. That right. was there and that was brimming. Yeah. What I'm talking about is like, you know, you know. You know, a, a, some crazy killing in fucking Highland Park. Some right. fucking this in Compton. You got this in South. Like Street. even you got stabbings this in fucking, and like like stabbing, shootings, murder. These are people like just crazy killers. People that fucking freaked out on the fucking street and the fucking road rage. Like like unsolved shit, dead body. Like it was just a constant all over the city, and it wasn't just gang shit. It was everything. That's true. You know, but uh, it was crazy, dude. Rob, like it, it almost seemed like there was more even like there was a nexus of because we're going to start talking about it, but it seemed like there was even a nexus of serial killing kind of like sprang up even harder during that time. Yeah. Random man. murders, stuff that was, like you said, unsolved, you know, and, and that goes to the point <clears throat> we're going to talk about. It, let's it see. Was just a cra- it was huh. just a lot. Let me, let like me just, California, Los Angeles, there was a lot of shit going yeah, on, bro. That's you gotta right. do you gotta remember too, man. Like, just think about this, you guys. Do you know what kind of like surveillance and cameras and, and shit they've got now to watch? Yes. They didn't have yeah, this back then, bro. Very, very good. Different. I wanted to there say was something. so much crime that was going on. You couldn't undetected, see detected, bro. You couldn't see people that have been making money and were gonna continue to make money. For like a twenty year span, right. underneath the radar, no, right. no body cams on Nothing, cops. Man, they had the shit. They're two steps ahead of all right. this, right? right. I right. was running, and up they're making spot. it for long. They're away. People aren't even thinking about these cats. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, they're not even turning that stone up yet. Right. right. I wanted to say and, something because mm-hmm. I saw something just I, maybe like a couple like last week. I was looking at something from the Washington Post, and they were talking about the uh, crime rates and like how murders get solved mm-hmm. and they were saying in some of the worst parts of, of the US only a third Nothing. only a third right of the murders get solved well mm-hmm. well well and so we did a show on the Hillside Stranglers we did a show on the Wonderland murders right. and we've got this show coming up right now but part of the reason why some of these serial killer guys went for so long able to talk but also because the DNA evidence hadn't yeah. evolved yet. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. It's not like CSI now, where yeah. you know the guy fucking 
just walks into a room and his fucking hair falls out. They couldn't. That's kind of why I bring it up because, like, if you think about only in some of the cities now, if only a third of the homicides are getting solved, think about the '80s. And think about right. you know they didn't have videotape they didn't have DNA. Brian, you were in the L.A. County in the eighties. Uh, eighty-one to eighty-three. Right. He hadn't made it yet though. He, his span was from eighty-four to eighty-five. No, but let 85. me I, let me say something. Go ahead. So back in them days, like Smitty pointed out to me earlier on our way over here, because he was doing some investigating. I, I like he goes, hey, did you know that when that dude was doing all that shit, a lot of people seen his face. Yeah. They saw him. Actually, he wouldn't mask up or he wouldn't no, mask his head. All right, right. So, we're, so let's, as an intro to that, uh-huh. let's, let's, let's listen to this. Uh, hmm. These things, you know. This is his uh, voice. Contribute to a person, uh, to a person's frustration and anger. And, uh, and, and, uh, and at some point in life, he explodes. Perhaps for Richard Ramirez that... So Richard Ramirez, right? right. This is what we're going to talk I about. I can tell you what really contributed to a lot of that shit. His drugs. I know. No, because I'm going to... I know. Do you? Because around that time when he was running through the streets... I was going down there a lot. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I had like, I'm not going to say that I remember. I know I passed him a few times because he looked, he looked crazy. And he was copying. <laughs> he looked crazy. Back Dude, he does. Lepke's saying something looks <laughs> crazy, you guys. He's saying, hey, man, I, that dude looked crazy. Look, he was hanging around the Greyhound bus stop anyway, right, down in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, and that was before the Greyhound moved down to Alameda. He was at original, original Greyhound, which is on 6 in Los Angeles. Now, let me tell you, you get anything down there. Because I used to go down there with my boy Chato from Flats. Man, Black Chato, we used to hang out down there. And that, that Greyhound was a, a cool spot. You can get anything. The old school Greyhound so there's like there was two and then he was at a hotel I, I used to go to this hotel that you didn't need an id to get in on ninth and main so basically he was up and down main a lot and they had some coke and i know because i used to there was only one there was this dude at the lorraine which is down there on the nickel on fifth and you go up the stairs and those bindles of coke were 20 because you got to remember back in those days 20 dollars was a lot of money in the early 80s for don't yeah. that you know, runs out of shit. But anyway, this Coke that they had up at the Lorraine, it was like outrageous, man. And that was the Coke. They called it the shooting Coke. So it wasn't, you could, this Coke it wasn't was it a, like ether. Yeah, it was like good, man. You couldn't go like they, and they, I don't know if they, I think the Cubans had that shit. But you can go up there and you have to tell them when you go in, you tell them, you, the, this is how they knew that you weren't the cops or nothing. Because they would change the code every day. Sometimes it'd be hard teenager, soft teenager. Right. Uh, 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 hard boy, soft boy. You know, right. you have to know how, you know, you had to know how to. Because what I read, what I read from Philip Carlo's book right. about Richard Ramirez was that he was shooting cocaine. He was on that coke. And let me tell you, when you come down off coke, like you shoot it, the euphoria lasts like on that good coke we used to get back in the day. That coke used to last <laughs> a little bit longer than the coke that you have now, like where you shoot it and four or five minutes later, you, you need more. Right. And, this, and the, you're saying Richard Ramirez was shooting this coke? This coke was yeah. good, man. Let me tell you, because I only could do a half. So I would do the half. I try to mix it with him. Sometimes I just do it straight. Uh-huh. Now, when I, I wouldn't like to do it straight, because when you did this coke straight on, straight on yeah. well, what happened was you'd be good for a good 10, 15, 20 minutes, man. The rush, you'd feel this rush for 20 minutes. Yeah. And that's good for shooting powder coke, because nobody knows anything about shooting coke. It goes into your bloodstream, it hits 
hey, so how do you shoot? I've never even really seen that. How do you, you shoot powder coke? Drop what do you that do? Shit in a cap and whatever. Water, water. That's it. Yeah, the less water. Yeah, yeah. I used to put just a little bit of water. You don't need a lot of water. These people think, oh, 50 units. How many units? Fuck the units. Units don't matter. Units don't matter. People say that. Of what? Of what? Hey, I give you ten units of something. Yeah, you just throw water in it, you dry it up, and you bang it. But anyway, let me ask you. Did you ever? Do you when you when you take it in the in the plunger? Like, did you flick the needle stuff, or does that bullshit? Yeah, you have to get the bottle. Yeah, because you got to get rid of the bubbles. You don't want no bubbles. I'm gonna tell you why Richard Ramirez went crazy. Go ahead. Because shoot bubbles. Because no, not gonna be shot. If he would have shot the bubble, it would have hit his heart. He might have been died. Look. So what happens with Richard Ramirez is when you came down off that coke, yeah. you were angry. Yeah, depressed. You either had to get, you were very depressed, you got angry. And some people, like, like if you can't get no more coke, you got to stay like that. And people, you get irritated. Like, people will come yeah. and try to be cool with you and talk. You'd be like, I don't know, you got a cigarette? You know, you'd be all fucked up. You yeah, know, but you know what? Until you I, got I, some more. I understand that, but you know, but what Richard? So hold on, hold on. But what Richard Ramirez did was different a little bit in the sense that he didn't try to avoid people. If he was coming down, which I'm not disagreeing with you, but he would get into his Toyota right, right in the night, right. And he would actually affirmatively go out, but drive long distances exactly. on the freeway yeah. to different little locations in right. the greater Los Angeles area, break into homes, right. kill the the person, rape someone in that yeah, home. I mean, right. that's a lot. That's what he was there, yeah, because yeah. We're, what Smitty said something about uh, the, the the murders had to be uh, like like he saviored the murder. They, the 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 longer that he would. Take the, the what he was he doing. He savored it. He savored the murder. Yeah. Yeah. He no. Was, he has a quote right. where he says, yeah. "Every serial killer treats murder like a meal. They try to make it right. last as long as possible he so went, they can savor it." Hold he on got one off second. On it. Huh, huh. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah it's like a high. Yeah, off on Speak. Yeah. Hold on. Let, let, let's let Schmidt. Okay. Uh, he said it was a sexual satisfaction. So yeah. he might well, have hold been. On, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Schmidt, explain that. Schmidt. They said that uh, he would go and get these girls and uh, stab them in that. He would get the same high as having sex with them. He'd like get a boner, I guess. I don't know. I don't know why. I'm not laughing at what Schmitty said. I'm, I just can't get over it. Sean, can you move? Look at Schmitty's legs. Are you looking? I can't get over those legs. Brian, can you get on that mic and see, tell, describe Schmitty's weird legs? Can you describe them? I got to describe them? No, Brian. It was so funny. Get on that mic. Get on the mic. It's really strange, Mom, is they don't touch the ground. That's what makes them look so odd. That's funny. Really uncomfortable. That's funny. That's funny. Dude, Schmidt, your legs look crazy, bro. I could live in one of those little people's houses. You know? <laughs> your leg couldn't, because even though your leg is short, hey, it's bro, you look. You know what they look like? They look, they look like two of those Vienna sausages that you chop and get in the can. Red bird. Red bird. <laughs> you know Couple red birds you know right there. I thought Schmidt's legs looked like giant yams. You know what I mean? They're like all like dimpled, and they've got like giant weird Bumps in the shit. Schmidt, you ever shoot? You ever shoot cocaine? No, never. Sh I never shot anything. Oh, one time, uh, speed. A guy shot me up. I wanted to try it. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you, are you eight? That sounded like I don't know if that sounded like the truth right there. <laughs> no, he, he, he said if I'd have given you any more, you'd have come in your pants. So I don't know. It's oh. something I guess it does. And speed. he shot you where? Yeah, in the arm. In the arm. My left arm. In your shoulder? No, uh, near here. Near the middle, right there. Near the, near the, near middle. the middle. Not a middle. Near the middle. Even, 
know, even bro, Schmitty doesn't that. know where his joints are. His flesh is so is so puffy. Have they been different than most people? He's like, I don't know. It's somewhere in the middle. You know what? It, you know what his legs look like. You ever seen when they make a cake and they do that that icing and they put it in that white tube? That's oh yeah, the, oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Isn't that what his leg look like? Yeah. You look like you could ice. Only Harry. You, yeah. could, you could ice two cakes. Brian, you, you yeah. shot coke. Uh, can you describe it a little bit? Uh, yeah, I shot a lot of coke. And, and lefty's right. There was there was the kind you shoot, and there was the kind you smoke. Right. So the kind you shoot was like that's all I ever messed with. And it was like. It's, it's some of the best cocaine in the world. You but could throw that up. was way back in the yeah, yeah. You absolutely. could throw up on it. By smelling it. You could right, throw, it you could fun, smell man. it. You could throw up on it. Let me tell you, that's wow. the shit Belushi, man. Belushi yeah, went out right. on it. You hear Jim the helicopters John on Belushi. That? John Belushi, yeah. You hear yeah. helicopters. Feels yeah. like I shot so much one time I thought, you ever are you ever in a in a swimming pool? Yeah. From here, you're in water, and you walk in the water. I felt like I was. <laughs> hey. When I seen a tunnel, it was like. It was like. Man. His legs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. That's <laughs> his legs. Yeah. Where did you Where did you shoot it? What? Where? I saw you in the neck that one time. Oh yeah, no, no, that was that, that, that was. I shot. I did a lot of coke, man. Like I would yeah. fucking. Dude, you're talking to the Michael on, Jordan bro. of fucking like, drugs right here. No, bro. I mean, where did you shoot it? You like the neck? No, I no. Know, no, back, no, back when that coke was, <laughs> Jeez, yeah, I, 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 the end result, everything had to go in the neck because the veins were gone. But I'm saying when I was young and I was shooting coke, all my veins were good. That's why I have no veins behind that coke from the yeah, early 80s. It all. Yeah, when that, I was doing a lot of that coke because, you know, like that, that, that was a rich man. It, it, like yeah. for coke to be on Skid Row back in those days and they was 20, nobody was buying it. Because it was expensive. Right. You couldn't, like, nobody was r running up there getting that fucking, uh, anything when you went to the Lorraine and you went up those stairs, man, you had to have 20 or better. They weren't, and you couldn't bring no fucking, they wouldn't take no change, they send you back down. And that fucking change. coke was good. And I know, I know Richard. Like I dollar bills. I know as a fact Richard Ramirez was copying his cocaine out of there because the Cecil, you have the Roslyn and the Frontier. Those are two hotels up the way. Yeah, the Cecil. And they're both, no, not the Cecil. The Roslyn and the Frontier are two hotels, and they sit exactly on Main and Fifth. They're right on the nickel. They call that the nickel. When you come down, there's the old school tattoo shop. There was a chicken spot, a porno spot, and that liquor store right on uh, uh, on Fifth and Main. That's known as the nickel. So if you go up right there between uh, Spring and uh, Main, there's two the two. They they're still there. They're like those are they they were old school. Gangster hotels. That's where rich people back in the day. Those were prominently rich, right? In the, but they got run down. Yeah. And back when 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 I was running around down there, and Richard Ramirez was running around down there, and a whole bunch of motherfuckers was running around yeah. down there. Those two hotels, the Frontier and the Roslyn, there's a tunnel that goes from one hotel to the other. Where Get back the in the Prohibition days, I've done research on this. Back in the Prohibition days, a lot of people don't know all of Broadway and Los Angeles underground. There's tunnels under there. How they used to just take the booze to the speakeasies. Yeah, yeah. And that was all gangster. That was like Mickey Cohen in there, man. No and shit. Yeah, that was uh, yeah that, that that you know the dude from uh, San Diego. I forget his name. Stomper. What's her name? Uh, 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 the the daughter killed. Uh, uh, they killed him. Uh, Alana Turner. Her old man, he was a big gangster. Now let me ask. Did so, you, so, so, all right. So, <clears throat> getting back to Richard yeah, Ramirez. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. That's all right. It's part. It's part of the context. Right. He used to steal a lot of cars, though. He was a car thief. Yeah. He no, did a lot and of he had a pass key. 
He had a Toyota right. Paskey, right. so he was able to steal a ton of cars. He would always steal cars. And you know, and they say when he would walk by, like, get, like, like when this is what I, I, I never, like, because I wouldn't notice shit. If I'm high, I don't notice. Right. But they say that you knew when he was coming that he would walk by because he didn't, he didn't shower. He was kind of grimy. He, he stopped. Smelled. He stopped. Yeah. He stopped brushing his teeth. He stopped doing. He the stopped shit. washing uh, his body. Right. Right. His hair got greasy. Right. Um. And he worshipped Satan. Yeah. He met uh, Anton Levey. Wow. Who's that? He's the That's head the of the guy, Church yeah. of, of Satan. Satan in San Francisco. He wrote oh, wow. the Satan Bible. He wrote the Satan Bible. Right. You never oh, read boy. that, Lucky? Nope. Nah. I mean, you got to read ain't everything got... when you're in the joint, man. I read yeah. it. I, I, I ran into some guy, and he told me, uh, he texted me. Shout out to Anthony Zaragoza if he's listening. I, I'll shoot him this later. But I, I got a guy <laughs> that actually texted me that I hadn't seen in a while that yeah. found me on the Instagram, man. He's like, hey, I remember you because when we were on the yard, you used to eat an apple and an orange in one bite. You used to shit. Remember that, Lucky? You remember <laughs> yeah. that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I used to yeah. take, because I, I was big, man. Orange. I would take the whole orange with the peeling and everything. <laughs> yeah. And I would, I would go, yeah, I can eat this in one bite. Yeah. Anybody want to bet? And they go, what do you yeah. mean one bite? We don't understand what you're saying. I go, I'm going to put it all, all this whole thing. Yeah. I'll eat it. And I, he goes, you're going to, there's no way I can swallow it. I mean, I'll get it in my mouth and fucking eat it. He goes, I got five soups. That's it. You can't do that. <laughs> five soups? I fucking yep. slam it in my mouth and if yep. I get the five soups. I got orange juice. That's how many he needed at a time. <laughs> going, and now the leak would come out of his mouth. A little bit. Of it. Dude, like an apple, an apple and an orange look like I do two apple, little cocoa yeah. Human garbage disposal. Yeah, dude, yeah. he's got a sign that hangs off his chin that says, Keep loose items and clothing no, away from hey, me. Hey, hey, homeboy would be like, Hey, don't bet that fool anything because he'll fuck that orange and that apple up like yep. a tic tac. Yeah. I used to too. get the apple, I go like this, look. Yeah. I, I, I need fucking 10 apples a day, bro. I believe it. <laughs> I'm not lying. I, I believe fuck, it. They give you a lot of That's fucking apples, apples in the pen. They apple you out, bro. And then, you know, like now these motherfuckers <laughs> are in the pen wishing they can get some apples and oranges. Right, or right, right. Because we were doing a lot of other things, not only just eating them like that. We were just, we were doing. What? Like, yeah, we yeah. were doing. Like the, what? Like, I heard there's no hot food in the jails right now. There ain't no food in the jail. That's your fucking yeah. research. You don't know your fucking head. <laughs> no, it's just cold sandwiches, though. There's no hot food. Yeah, that, okay, you said it right. I'm sorry. I jumped the gun. Hey, right but now, wait, wait. What no, would no, they do with the apples? They I would, get the apple, bro. Yeah. No, I would, oh, Make know. hard cider or anything? Bro, oh, let me that. tell you Let me tell you something. Yeah, bro. come on. My apple is come a on. kicker. Yeah. Right, Brian? Yeah, that's right. We would that's take right. that apple. Listen, I get four apples. Yeah. I crush them all up, and I and I tie them in a bag. Put it in a sock or whatever. No, I wouldn't need a sock yet. I would take him. Let me tell you, I'm, I'm the fucking white lightning okay. king. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me tell you yeah. what I would do, bro. Yeah, man. Let me tell you what I listen this to this. Go ahead. Chicken. This is Let him fuck it. Yeah, do, exactly. I would Come get on. these apples, Go like ahead. four or five, six, and then maybe two or three oranges. Yeah. I'd get the bag and I'd smash all this shit up. This is like a fucking. What I, then I would tie the bag. Right. And I would let that bag with the natural sugar, I would tie it so it couldn't breathe. Yeah. And then I'd come back 24 hours, the fucking bag looked like a... It, 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 it expanded. Like a, it looked like it a, expanded it, like Schmitty's stomach. It looked like a ball, bro, like yeah. a beach ball. Yeah. It starts right? to ferment. When yeah. I got it like, like that, it would ferment in its own sugar. Yeah. So back in those days, we used to get white sugar. Right, you right. pay a pack of cigarettes for a pound of white sugar. Yeah. For every for every gallon of Pruno, you add a pound of sugar. Right. No, so no, if no, I make no, it, no, listen no. to this. So if I'm making one gallon and I put two pounds of white sugar in there with those apples that just blew up in 24 hours. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I throw that in with all my juice and I and I and then I cap that and I leave that for 24 hours because <laughs> there's natural sugar. 
I would leave that for 24 hours. Yeah. And then I'd come back after 24 hours. I pull it, I put it in a box, wrap some blankets around it. I'm telling you, man, I had shit that blow trace locals or four locals out of the water. <laughs> Let me tell you, I had <laughs> shit. Yeah. Hey, listen, I had you shit. You throw a piece of bread in there? They ate no bread. No, no, no. no, no, no come on. No, you can't put no bread. Listen, I take a potato. I tell the dude in the kitchen, hey, bring me a raw potato. One that ain't cooked. I would take that potato and I would cut it up yeah. and I would throw a handful of raisins in there. This would let me know my pruno was done three days Because the, the raisins would... The raisins would blow up. Yeah. Like, they would yeah. blow up. Yeah. And when I saw the raisin blow up and I didn't see the potato in it, the potato would be floating on the top. Yeah. And I'm not even lying to you. I'm not even exaggerating. Two tumblers of that, you had to stay inside. Because if, <laughs> if you went out on the yard... Stumbling. If you went to the yard after you had two, and then I would drink two tumblers. You'd be having a fight. I would drink half of that shit because I'm a fucking alcoholic. Right. I'm not going to lie. Right. So I would drink half of that yeah. shit. Yeah. And I wouldn't even want to sell the other half. But, you know, there's some homeboys that knew I was, you know. So I'd be like, all right, bring your cup. Yeah, yeah. So we, yeah, because you get 12 on a good batch, you 12 tumblers, yeah, right? Yeah, 12 tumblers. Yeah, you get 12 tumblers on a batch. And then let me explain Five something else tumblers. just to give you a little knowledge. So what? So listen to this one. Yeah, you know I'm right, Brian. Listen yeah. to this one. So we advanced our our uh, our our what's it what's the word advanced something advanced technique our, uh, technique yeah. yeah we advanced our technique so we get the three technique got evolved yeah we evolved we get three stingers from learning the canteen listen to this one look at that look at Brian's face just lit up yeah look hey 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 get ready because now because now we're making some shit that the Indians can't fuck with go ahead because if the Indians take a sip of this yeah the Sully's getting beaten up it's all hell's breaking all hell's breaking Smitty's booty's getting took. He might not be playing. No, he might, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, man. I'm fucking right. Look. It's trying to. Right. Go so ahead. Well, you get these three stingers. Yeah. Right? What's a stinger? A stinger. Day room. Look, a stinger. What's a stinger? A stinger is a heater. A heater. You get these three stingers, right? Yeah. So what I would do, I wouldn't do the process. I'd make the five gallons of pruno. So wait, yeah. a stinger is you right. plug it into the wall, right? Okay. It's a little coil on the other end. Got this it. This little metal coil. You drop it in right. your cup of water in the morning time. To make and it you hot. leave it in there, and in five yeah, minutes, the thing's right. going to be boiling, right? Yeah, you like pull your little stinger out, you put it away. He's saying uh, they grab three of these stingers. I get three stingers, right? Go ahead. So what I would do is i give it to my boy, because I had a dude that knew what he was doing. Like I, When it came to this this part of the process, I didn't know my ass from a hole in the ground. So I would give him, you know, I'd give him the whole, I would make five gallons of pruno. Out of five gallons of pruno, what he would do is he'd pull out of that, he'd pull one gallon of pure white. Right. Lightning, which Straight he would vaporize. He would vaporize. He would take, and then you had to throw that away because it's no good after that. So some dudes would be like, oh, I'll drink that. I'll drink that. No, you're just going to throw up and get sick, and you're going to shit for three days. You're going to have runs for three days. You, you mean the runoff, the runoff from the, from from the, 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 the gallons, pure alcohol. Some people would want to drink that, the, and that would yeah, fuck them up. You got some yeah, crazy dopes in there. They don't give a fuck. So now, so what I would do is, <laughs> listen, so I would, I, would, hey, so I would give him this, and he would process it like this. What he would do is he'd get... He would take that stingers at night when they, when the, they did one count. Because you can smell that shit. You, you can yeah. smell it when the process. And he would take one bag for leading. He would get the, like, you see that bottle right there? So, for instance, look, Kirkland. Yeah. That right there. What he would do is he would take the plastic and he would coil it around that. And he would get the stingers into the, in, into the, uh, into the, uh, uh, into the five gallons of pruno, yeah, and all night long he would he would watch it. You have to stay up. It was a process, right? All night long, what would happen is the water, the the stingers would boil the pruno, mm -hmm. and the pruno would vaporize and drip 
all that liquor that was like the more stingers about i think the dude used like six stingers we're not going to go with three right. so the vaporized would drip into that one gallon thing like a still and at the end wow. of the night it took anywhere from six to eight hours maybe you know 10 hours it would take 10 hours it was a 10 hour process but at the end of the process he would have that gallon of kirkland right there it would be full of it would look white it was white. white. it looked just like water it pure, looked like it was water, like pure it looked like water. And that shit right there, man, you can sell it. They were how much was they selling? Twenty a tumbler? Yeah, it was about twenty. Yeah, you get for a sixteen ounce tumbler, you can get twenty. But, but that I'm will t- fuck you but up. Too big. Hey, it's like too powerful. Like, you know, <laughs> did you ever drink that shit? Like, that shit was mean, dude. That shit was mean, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Two mouthfuls of fuck. Yeah. Hey, I try. Hey, I just put like two mouthfuls. Two swigs, bro. Yeah, two, two swigs. Ain't like six cups no, of this no, shit. No, no, no. Hey, hey, two mouthfuls of this shit. Hey, hey, bro. Hey, hey, I'm not lying. You'll be doing the most crazy hey, shit. Hey, hey, you hey, might hey. get killed. You might end up dead. Yeah, hey, yeah. Hey, you might pick up a murder. Who knows? You gotta remember. If you're lucky, you pick up a murder. Like, hey, hey, like, like, you had designated, hey, you had designated buyers. Let me tell you how serious this shit was. (laughs) They had a list of motherfuckers you couldn't sell it to. (laughs) You There was a blacklist. Whoever was making this shit or dealing with it, you had homies' names on it who, because they were there to buy. And Indians were. Automatic no-go. <laughs> and automatically you do not to give the Indians anything. Because they start shit. That's what happened. They would start dude, they would start riots on the yard. You can't, some of them do. It's true. And I'll That's tell you true. why it's true. Let me tell you something. I was fishing up in Alaska, right? And in the area where I was fishing, Chignik, the name of the place is called Chignik. And it was an island on the Aleutian chain, right? So it's not even part of the mainland. And there's no roads on this island. All it is is a, a fucking rock with a bunch of dock and then a bunch of salmon boats tied up to it and then you go out get your salmon and that was it the rule on this fucking thing because there were so many eskimos and oh, indians yeah, drink, right? is no alcohol allowed and of course Somebody. everybody would have shipped to them you know like pallets of cheap rock gut you know <laughs> 10 penny whiskey and you know all that bullshit and dude Lord i'm telling you i'm telling you no matter how much everybody's like all right you know there'd be like indians and everybody'd be playing poker and it'd be cool Indians would start to drink, and, the, and and when you talk to the Indian, like Herbert, Herbert was a big, he was like probably, you know, like one of those like big 300-pound Indians with long hair and like shy and kind of quiet, right? So you talk to Herbert, and you'd be like, hey, Herbert, what's going on? He'd be like, hey, hi, nothing. <laughs> he like talked just like that. Hi, oh, nothing. Like, you can barely understand what the fuck he's talking about. You give him two glasses of that cheap whiskey, and all of a sudden, dude, he turned into a raging yeah. gorilla. Like, he would get a look on you, yeah. like you killed his mother. He'd be yeah. like, what the fuck did you Lock sir? eye and freak yeah. out. Oh, yeah, yeah. The lock button. eye. Oh. The button. Uh, so I don't doubt, I don't doubt that the, that the Red Brothers up in oh, the fucking yeah, thing man. were not allowed to touch. But, uh, man, that was great. So Telling he, you, man, I was in Corcoran when this one dude killed his, his fucking <clears throat> selling. On an alcohol deal? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, workers drank and stayed in. That <laughs> sounds like they a drank terror. like a fucking gallon of this shit and stayed in their cells and drank and fucking ended up one motherfucker ended up dead stabbed motherfucker was stabbed a hundred and something times god damn probably over just stabbed. an argument that yeah. just yeah. sounds oh, like yeah. a theft oh, or nothing he left uh, he spit in the sink one too many times off Man. rank <laughs> yeah don't spit in the sink huh? don't wash your teeth and spit in the sink where, the, where, the full, allowed, where one Indian killed the other Indian in the cell yeah, the rules are kind of strict there. It was up in Corcoran. 
Oh yeah, it's crazy. I'm telling you, man. Like, like I wouldn't like, like I wouldn't like me personally. I would, I would rather use that shit to come up because I knew what it did. I yeah. Didn't want, I wouldn't be in the mood to like. I drink a half a tumbler. I'd be cool. Then I'd sell the rest before I get, get out of hand because I could drink the whole batch. Right, of course right, you could. You could fucking off. eat a <laughs> yeah. grapefruit right, right, one yeah. bite. I'm, I'm like, crazy so I'm, fucker. I'm to get rid of it. You hey, know Sean, I mean? when you're listening to all this, what's going through your mind? Right now, when you listen to he all wants of Bruno, he does. What's going on through your mind when you listen to Lepke talk about his process? I mean, you're kind you of a thirsty chef. or what? Yeah, are you a chef? You're, you're a chef thirsty. guy. What'd you yeah, do? I'm thinking maybe you know that's a good uh, that's a good branding exercise. We should Lucky should put out his own. His own hard, lu- hard luck, pr- uh, hard, hard luck, hard uh, luck. You don't Bruno. call it. You know what? That's actually a good, really good idea. That is a good Why idea. Why not call it Bruno? That yeah. is a good idea. I no, mean, but it's, it's, it's not. It's it not going to be hard luck, white lightning. Yeah, something like that. Hard yeah. luck, lightning. Hard luck, lightning. Hard luck, ever, ever clear. Hard luck, forever clear. Yeah. Something. Forever. Something. Yeah. Could you call it Bruno? I mean, the, I guess you could call it. Anything yeah, but I mean, Anybody. it's not. I, I feel like Prudhoe's the first about. batch, but when yeah, you distill you want it down, the finer shit. Yeah, we want right. the distillation. It's the hard luck white light, concentrated. Yeah, who the hard? Hey, the hard luck white light. Hard luck white light. White light. Hard luck white light. Yeah, it's the white light. You know, Man. people see the white light. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're gonna have to look into that. Yeah. Hard, White so light black out. Oh, <laughs> by hard luck. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah, hard luck, Brent. And you know what? We'll put a chef hat like Chef Boyardee on <laughs> on Lepke. Man, he can fucking bottle like a Chef Boyardee, but it's a vodka bottle. Yeah, but it's like Lepke, you know, yeah, is the yeah, chef, yeah, or give him yeah, like yeah. one of those giant With a wife oars, beater on. like a giant oar stirring You're a like giant an pot. Like an Ansel Adams pitcher, you know? What yeah. I'm saying? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so we got to that. By the way, talking about Coke. Uh, and going back, <laughs> and so let's re- let's re- let's let's listen to another. Uh, to being evil, Richard. We are all evil, in some form or another. Are we not? Convicted. Think about that. I mean, does that does that guy sound yeah, crazy, I mean, listen, bro? What yes, do you remember does. about I mean, the Ramirez? Mean, a dude that crazy is also going to say some very blatant blanket statements. Blanket statements that are gonna. Well, happen. let's ask. Let's ask you. Do you, Steve Luciano? Do you believe that we all have yes, evil? Yes, we do. We right. absolutely one thousand percent. Everybody has some evil in them. Nobody's a perfect little angel. So how does where where does it stop between like a regular person, let's say, and a Richard Ramirez? He would make people swear on Satan. Okay, yeah. listen. Richard Ramirez is a sick, sick human being. <laughs> yeah, he uh, the right. Hey, hey, and so his brain is <laughs> not. <laughs> it's. It's it's like me trying to depict or explain away somebody who has half of a brain in their head and try and tell you why they're doing something. That dude's brain, it wasn't working like our brain. He had something going on inside his brain, but he's a sick sick bastard. All right, well so then let's 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 throw out some stuff and then to move this along a little he bit. He was there. born in El Paso, Texas, and he was present when his brother came back hey, from the war. Hey, shut up, ki- Smitty. And, and shut the fuck <laughs> up, Smitty. Brian, Wait. can I'm you sorry, punch okay. Smitty? I thought I could jump in. You can jump in, but listen, Schmidt, let me tell you something about the art of conversation. Okay, because the way you look, you don't look like you've talked to many humans. <laughs> now listen. Schmidt, the Name art like of Charles Bronkite. This Charles guy, Conkite. yeah, Charles this guy, <laughs> this guy's like Walter Concrete. Yeah, Walter Concrete. <laughs> there he is. Listen, let me tell you something. 
Schmidt, yeah, you can jump in. Yeah. Okay. But you got to know where we're at in the story. Okay. Right? Like, you don't just, the first thing that comes up in your, how long does a guy last? Where he was born was Hold the start. Hold on. Just don't, just, God okay. damn. Uh, Steve, how long does a guy have, how, what kind of a chance does a guy have of lasting in prison if he just says the first thing that pops off in his brain? Oh, God. He's going to be leaking. Right. Yeah. No, so listen, this Schmidt, you got talent. People love you. You got, you, you got to look. But what I'm trying to tell you is, is when we start the story, right, you can jump in, but you, you don't in a rush to try to sound intelligent. Don't in a rush just pop off trivia. Cause it doesn't have any con, it doesn't have any context. Frank told me I'm gonna talk this time, so you oh, are, but you are. you are. You're talking now, but I'm trying to teach you how to talk now. Okay. He won't listen. He won't. <laughs> no, he's not gonna, he ain't gonna listen. The only thing he listens to is when they put that money on the card. Yeah. I listens. listen to music. <laughs> you see what I mean? You see how that just is? He'll be alright. Dude, be you know right. what? You need to give him one of them boobops or whatever that is. Oh, he does. Mm, yeah. He, he does. Oh, we boobop. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, so you're right, Schmidt. He was born in El Paso. Yeah. Okay. And don't jump right to... So So you're right. If you would have just said he was born in El Paso, yeah. I probably wouldn't have even said anything. But we oh. know where he went. He was going to He was going to... A, there's know, a whole bunch of stuff where, in no, between. Because you do have to... I already can feel you without saying nothing. I'm going to show you how I know. But go ahead. Go ahead. Because there was an influence in his family, and you didn't want to point that out yet. Yeah. And the influence yeah. in his family, mm -hmm. I'm not going to say it either. Yeah. I'm trying to I put out why he became a saint. Why he loves Satan. Uh, back up. Yeah, back Look, up. We're going to get to Satan. So there was an influence. You got to remember, the dude came from a family where they were religious. Super. I think they were like Catholic. Catholic, absolutely. But somebody had came into the game, and you know what I'm, who I'm so talking So here, about. this is what I'm going to... Yeah, all right. Here we go. So just to give a background, because Steve, Steve teed it up nicely when he said this guy was real sick and trying to understand a sick man's fucking mind, uh, it's, it's pointless. And listening to a sick guy talk is pointless, too, because he's only going off of what he knows. Right. All right. So, yes, as Smitty said, uh, he was born in El Paso. Now, El Paso, for people who don't know, we all know here, but El Paso really is actually half a city. The other half of this... Doesn't it sit on like the border? Is it, it absolutely right? it's does. There. So, yeah. Yeah. And the other half of the city is Juarez. Sure. Right? Oh, it's Juarez. Right now. It's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's cracking. Right. And so what people don't know is that, by the way, that border along El Paso, right. you might have heard a little bit about it when Trump was trying to say we're going to put a wall up because some of the people in America were going to lose some land. Wow. Right. Because that river that separates... The real Grand. That's right. right the Fucking Lepke. <laughs> there was something like uh, 1.5 million in El Paso at the time. That's the right. The community he went into. And something like 3 or 4 million. And they got a... Right. Hey. Where the little town that he came from. That's right. So came you got to uh, shout. Or gotta, where his family came from. This little town that was right. split. One side, it was just... El Paso. Yeah. You got to remember, too, we're going to give a little shout-out. I mean, like, people are listening, like, why you shout that out? I'm going to let it be known. That's a well-prominent... Uh, it's like a barrio. They got a neighborhood in there that's old. Yeah. It's called El Chuco. El Paso. They call it El Chuco. And what is and, that? And what originated out of that, like, I don't want a policy getting into nothing. Yeah, yeah. Well, what came out of that is it's one of the, you know, one of the... the there's people in, from that neighborhood that established themselves really uh, 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 in, in, the, in, the, in the California penal system. Got it. They were like, you know, I'm not going to like, well, I don't want, this is yeah, not yeah, the yeah. right platform for, we're not going to get into it, but it was like, they're on the map. Right. In other words, as, as far as being a neighborhood. 
Got El it. Paso, they call it El Chuco. And then, because me being from L.A., you know that, uh, what's that, the Grand Central Market? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, the Grand Central Market is on uh, Broadway. It's up there by 2nd or 1st. Yeah. And that's where, like, the, in, in, in L.A., back when I was young, and mm. go walking through Skid Row, and when around the time Richard Ramirez was up and down, Yeah. that's where, if you wanted to go meet anybody from... From El, from Texas, yeah, that's they had, they were controlling that and selling drugs out of the back. That was El, that was people from Texas, the El Chuco, whatever they call it, right yeah. there. They they had that market, right? And for a minute, like when I was young, I remember that a lot of the old timers and they were from Texas, but they were out here in California, and they had they had control of the drug trade out of that market, out of the hey, heroin. Didn't because there's heroin in downtown. When we were doing Westlos, we talked and interviewed a couple of people. Was it Massey? Who said, whose people came out of Texas originally? Oh, yeah, both. Charlie Chacon's family yeah. and Ricky Massey's yeah. family. Yeah. So people don't realize that there was also a great we migration. We have roots in L.A. We yeah. have roots from yeah. people out of El Paso, man. Absolutely. That's oh, what yeah. I'm getting at. That's what I meant to get Yeah, no, that's great. Right. So the thing is, is, so that's, now listen, listen. Another thing that happened at that time, uh-huh. the United States, not too far away, was doing nuclear bomb tests. In New Mexico, right? And the dust Settled yeah. in the pasture so lands think, of El Paso. So some people think I'm not. I'm not a right. scientist. Really? I know what you're saying. But the radioactivity yeah. and the governments never acknowledged it, sure. and families have been fighting because there was an inordinate amount of uh, disease and right. or like deformities right. due to the fact that the 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 animals and right. the whatever would eat that radiated oh, wow. stuff, wow. and the milk and the meat that came from that they would eat that and. Ramirez, his family, right. so his dad was Julian Ramirez, his mother was Maria, I think was her name. No, Mercedes. Who his was? mother was Mercedes. Hold on, I will right. get to it. Okay, okay. Um, and they had like five kids. Ruth was a sister. They had Robert. They yeah, had Joseph. Yeah, which yeah. was not, it, that's not atypical right, right, for right. a Latin family at that time, or maybe even now. But the point of the matter is, is, his brother Joseph was deformed. Had like legs were like missing, like was shorter than the other or something. Right. So he had to wear like you know, like Frankenstein Who shoes. Was Richard Ramirez's brother? Yeah, Joseph. Right. And How many brothers did he have? He had like three brothers and like one sister. Was that including the one that I'm not going to mention until? <laughs> no, you get that's there. an uncle. He that, was the uncle. All he right. was the he son. He was an influence. Oh, he was. That was. Oh, a, for sure. That was. I was telling Spinny yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. I go. Hey, you know what probably influenced this dude was his uncle, man, because his uncle came and he hang out. He hung out. Wait till we get. It's 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 great story. So 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 Schmidt. Yeah. Up to this point, all we've talked about is his his family. Young Richard Ramirez, okay, El Paso. Now, do you have anything to add to that? And lean into the mic. I was trying to remember when he was born. Okay, thank you for that. All right, all right. You had your chance. All right, so now, so then what happens is uh, he has two brain injuries. Ramirez does? Yeah. Wow. What happens? When he when he's two years old, eight, and don't and and if you want to jump in anytime because I trust you, uh, uh, Brian, you just go ahead and just say whatever you want to say. Hey, what the, what did the guy say? It's like a bear waiting for the salmon to go through. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that was, like, that's that how was good because you were you were like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. somebody, <laughs> some of what they write. Lepke's like a bear at the river waiting for the salmon to go by. Yeah, that's it. That was a great one, man. Yeah. So, but the thing is, is, um, yeah, he had two brain injuries. One when he was two. 
He was being babysat by somebody. Both his parents had to work. His mom had to work in a boot factory over in Juarez, and right. she was exposed to a ton of chemicals. Yeah, wow. And his father uh, worked in upholstery, I think. Was his father an alcoholic? No, he no. wasn't. But his father was a violent dude. Oh, he was because he was raised strict, yeah. right, in Mexico. The right. mother was actually the one that had the citizenship. His father got citizenship through marrying the mother Mercedes. Right. So the, but the father was strict, so he beat the kids. But right. not until they started getting in trouble. Right. Okay? But they were both God-fearing. They prayed all the time. <laughs> you know, Mercedes is your typical Latin mom that the, the children can do no wrong. She wants the best for them. Is trying to do everything. And they're both working their asses off, right. really. And so, yeah, so little Richard Ramirez climbs the, the, this dresser and falls and like the, like the stereo or the VCR hits him on the head and he actually is unconscious for like five minutes or something like that. He has to get stitches and, but nothing, after, nothing weird, no, no, no permanent effects it seems like. Then at five, savvy kids at school after that. No, <laughs> but then at five years old, he gets hit in the head on swing again. And this time he gets knocked out. What's the matter out. with this fucking kid? He's getting huh? hit in the head all the I'm time. I'm going to put his head in the wrong places all the time. He's got my idiot. shoes. He's got my feet. Go on. <laughs> he gets hit in the head with what? No, he gets no. hit in the head with a swing. Not hard enough. No, he did. He got knocked out. And he had to get stitches again. And this time he had seizures. Uh, mm. uh, and he had grand. Loose. He had grand mal <laughs> seizures. Right. Oh, they uh, got something loose. Yeah, definitely. He had, he had grandma seizures up until about 20 years old. And so he would just be sitting. And then his sisters and shit would be like, yeah, we would just be sitting there when we were kids. No. <laughs> they would be sitting there and they would all be eating at breakfast. And then they said Richard would just stare at nothing for like 15 minutes. He wouldn't say anything. He wouldn't move. He'd be like, yeah, I don't know. And then he would just sit there and stare. And they didn't know what was going on with him, but he was probably having petite mal, grand mal seizures, where it's like small seizures in his brain where he was just staring off into space or whatever. In fact, he was playing some kind of game, cowboys and Indians in the backyard, and the neighbor saw something going on. It was never disclosed what he was doing, but the neighbor felt the need. Like, whatever she saw little Richard doing in his mind and what he was playing with, she felt the need to go and tell his mom, Mercedes, hey, Something ain't right with that guy. He's doing that little kid's playing in a weird game, and I think you should know about it. And Mercedes, the loving mother, was like, I'm just glad he has an imagination. I'm just glad he can use his mind to imagine different things. And so she didn't she didn't punish him for that. So Richard grows up like this, and he's shy. Okay, he's very shy. He doesn't talk a lot. Right. His brothers, older brothers, are constantly stealing cars and smoking weed. And the doubt Julian will beat the shit out of him. Mm -hmm. And it freaked Richard out. He could hear it through the walls. He talked about it later. He's like, man, I could hear them beating on my brothers. And I was scared. And what he would do once he started getting kind of like in the age where his dad was starting to set his sights on him to try to discipline him. And I'm not. I don't know the extent of the beatings, but I don't think they were for nothing in the sense. I'm not justifying it, but I'm saying it wasn't the fact that Julian would come home drunk and whip the kids, mm -hmm. but it was like they got arrested and they were so doing bad his jaw. Ba doing bad in school. Right. Go ahead, what? Were you raising your hand? You got arrested? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it breaks his jaw. <laughs> I saw Sean raise his hand, but there was a power bar in it. Never mind. So then, so then uh, 
to avoid getting beaten by his dad, Julian, listen to this. Yeah, Teen Richard would run off and spend the night in a cemetery. <coughs> what? Mm. Yeah. Now, who does some shit like That's that? That's bizarre. I, I, yeah. I've, I've never heard that before. Yeah. So, let me ask you, so his, vic- his victims, did, did, how was his relationship with his mother and his father? Is that, did that equate to why he treated his victims the way he did? We're gonna, you know what? That's a great question. And what we're going to do is we're going to let that hang. And then after we hear these details and after we go through some of the stuff, let's think about it. But in terms of, of already some kind of weird behavior, you kind of see it early on where it's like he's, you know, got some kind of brain injury. He's having, yes. he's having seizures. He's playing weird games that neighbors are like, whoa, that's weird. We better tell his mom. Yeah. Right. By himself. Boy, he's not playing. Interesting that that wasn't disclosed. And then, and then he's sleeping in graveyards to try to get away from his dad whenever his dad would freak out. And uh, that strikes me as very, very, very odd and strange. That oh, that that don't sound right. It doesn't, does it? Your, it if your kid was going and fucking sleeping at a fucking cemetery, you'd be like, "There's something fucking seriously fucking wrong." <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Okay. You think? What the fuck is going on over here, man? This fucking guy. Right. And what you know what? What are you doing? Yeah. You know, you imagine that shit? What the fuck? You and doing my daughter, God bless her soul, little Tigra, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, Dad. And she even just told me, she's like, Dad, I want to go sleep on a grave <laughs> where they buried a dead body. Better yet. Better yet. I'd I be like, sleep with, I'm, I'm, I got a boyfriend. No, no, I said, we're not tired. We, no boyfriend. <laughs> Even that. Yeah. I listen. And she's like, I want to camp out and I want to go to the cemetery and lay down on the cemetery ground and feel the earth where dead people are buried. You're damn right. I'd be like, you know what? No, we're going to have a talk. There's going to be some investigation as to what the fuck is going on. And you know what's weird is Julian, the dad, he spent, he spent, actually sold all the property owned in Mexico to pay for defense attorneys for his sons. Wow. They loved him. He, they did. He had a loving family, man. He did. Because just because the uncle came into the picture, you know, it's like. Right. But here's the thing. So, so another thing that was disclosed, that, and, and by the way, all this stuff is well documented. This is why they have access to it. So. The brothers, the older brothers, mm-hmm. they were uh, held back a grade or put into like a special slow school because they weren't doing so well in school. It was taught by a really just focused, energetic guy named Mr. McCann. And he took such an interest in his students. Oh, he couldn't wait to go over to their house and help them with their homework and get them through everything. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out that Mr. McCann was an obsessed, raging pedophile. Mm. What grade is this? I want to say it's like 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, right? And so Richard's the younger brother. He's not at that part. He's like 6 or 7 at this time. But definitely his two older brothers admitted that Mr. McCann was sucking them off and fucking. Really? Yes. And that Mr. McCann would even suck them off in school in the bathroom. And the guy was doing it to all the kids. And he was in charge of helping the kids that are falling behind uh, get taught. And they asked, uh, they asked 
the brothers. Like, did he ever do anything with Because because this Mr. McCann knew that Julian and Mercedes were at work every day, so he'd go over to the house to help them with their homework. What? Yeah. Yeah. He'd go over to the house and fucking do all kinds of weird sex shit with these older boys. And Richard Ramirez was there. And they asked Richard, they asked, they what asked. What the fuck? He would come into their home when yes. their parents weren't there. Damn. Yeah. Or he'd have them come over to his house. And, and, and they, they would tell the parents that they were just doing homework. And you know what's really weird? It's not weird, but I think this is maybe the most, like, clear or transparent sort of discussion of this. They talked to the older brothers and they said, so what was going on? And the older brother said, we knew it was wrong. But we never told because it felt good in what the fuck. So is there any evidence that he was sexually assaulted? So that's a great question. They asked that. And the thing is, say, hold on a second. Smitty, are you paying attention to how Brian's doing this? Yeah, I'm you trying see, to hold back. I'm no, no, back no. But back. pay attention to Brian. You see how he just came in and set up that question? Mm-hmm. Right? That's, that's called a conversation. <laughs> Okay. I wanted to throw something in, but I'm old. Go ahead. Throw, what are you going to throw in? I forgot already. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did Mr. McCann come over to your house and help you with your homework? All right. <laughs> Mr. So, McCann was all up in your neighborhood. Right? right? Was he over there? Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> he's like, he's like, it felt good. <laughs> no chomos in my, my youth. Okay. There was no chomos in my youth, I guess. Yeah, you turned out great. You turned out <laughs> yeah. great. Not every sure. time. Yeah, there's no, uh, there's no troubles. I just wipe my ass with a dirt clot. Most uh, of the time, I don't know good. what's going uh, on around. Right. So yeah, Brian. They so they're definitely they asked about that. They asked Richard directly, and he says he doesn't remember anything. Mm. But they asked him, "Is it possible that you could suppress the memory?" And he said, "Yes, that's possible." And they asked the brothers, and they said, "Well, yeah, uh, and we're we're not sure." Maybe. So I, I don't know, but I got to believe that if you're a raging pedophile, like at the Michael Jackson level, and you got access to three young boys at a house and no supervision, you're doing everything. All of them. Yeah. I got to believe that. Yeah. Yeah. So all of that's brewing in him. So brain injuries, mm-hmm. at least knowing that his brothers are being raped by McCann, the mm-hmm. teacher, supposed to be on your side. Uh, uh, corporal punishment father. Maybe a little stronger than most. And then you're like, fuck it, I'm going to sleep in a graveyard. Fuck it. I mean, you can kind of see. I'm not justifying anything that he did. I can't. I still can't see the graveyard. That doesn't make sense. Well, that might be where he felt safest was the graveyard. He did. As say, far as that is. He did uh, say that. He said that he was very peaceful there. Oh. Nobody made a sound. Oh, I, wanted to, I wanted to mention something. Go ahead. The, the, uh, the Forest Lawn Graveyard in L.A. is where he did his first murder, right next to it. A pink apartment where he yeah. killed an old lady. Yeah. yeah. Down there by Tunerville. So yeah. Li- and it says he liked the graveyards. Yeah. yeah. We're not there yet, but thank you. So the thing is, is so, 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 so that's going on. Then, right, the other brothers, like, quit school and they leave the house. He's got no one. So who comes in? To the, be the, the surrogate, the surrogate father figure for Richard Ramirez. Oh, there was one last thing I almost forgot. He was great at being a quarterback. He was a, he was put in quarterback. He could run, throw, and everything was going great. And I think he was just in high school around this time, and he was the, the star QB. Ramirez. Now, yes, Richard Ramirez was over six feet tall, and a lot of people. And a lot of people, a lot of people say he's good looking. Okay? 
You think you think he's good looking? Uh, no, he's, he's one of the only guys I've ever seen that really looks looks evil. Literally, Sean. he does. But do you find him attractive? Pull no, your do you no, find no, him attractive? No. no, I don't find him attractive. You Pull your shirt like down, you. Schmidt. My soul. What would be more? What would be more your, your? What would you find more? What What would be more your type, your Schmidt? Girls. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Dude, you, listen, if anyone wants to know, I'm trying to tell this story, and I look over at Schmitty, and my soul cracked in half because his shirt rode up, and I saw, like, half of his hairy love hairy handle. belly button? Looked like a bear claw. It, it, uncooked bear claw. Uncooked bear Looked like a doe no. claw. Doe no claw. <laughs> anyway, oh, my God. Get that man a honey bun. Yeah. So, he, so Richard Ramirez was a star quarterback, and he did great. He was Crazy. excellent. I did not. Now, this is something I didn't know. And the thing that I think changed him, everyone says after this, he was never the same. Uh-huh. He, had a, he had a seizure at the end of winning a game, mm-hmm. and the coach kicked him off the team with zero explanation. So think about that. He had a, he had a, he had a, a seizure, fell down, and do, do whatever seizure people do, and he was a star quarterback. Everyone loved him. And the joke is like, you're out. You're, you're out. And he was like, yeah, but he was like, I don't care. You're not on the team. You're out. Mm. And after that, everyone in the family said he started turning a little darker. And then his uncle, as Lepke and Schmidia pointed out, his uncle comes into the picture. Now, his uncle Mike was a violent dude. This guy was one of those fucking just looking to fight. He loved fist fighting in the streets and getting it on. And he got... Drafted into Vietnam, and it was like the best thing that ever happened to him. Mm. Uncle Mike, right, Mike Miguel, he went into Vietnam, and he was with the Green Berets, and they were doing some savage killing. In fact, he and his platoon got surrounded by Viet Cong, and he and only one other guy survived, shot their way out of being surrounded by the VC. Mm. And he would be over there, and they got so crazy over there. And they did it, got into all the psychological warfare with the Viet Cong. They started like cutting their ears off and making necklaces out of ears. Right. And then, and then he would, you know, they would kill people, chop their heads off, and walk around with the heads. And then he was also raping the enemy's women, Miguel, right? And you listen, I don't think he was probably the only one, right? But I mean, whatever. Point is, is when he comes back, he's like a hero. He gets a hero's welcome, mm. okay? Richard Ramirez is like, you know, at, a, at 12 years old-ish around this time and very impressionable. And he's looking up to his, his, his Uncle Mike who comes back. And his Uncle Mike's got Polaroids. And he starts showing them to Richard. Oh, shit. And, and these Polaroids are of Uncle Mike raping chicks, Viet Cong, and forcing one at gunpoint to give him a blowjob. And then in the next photo, she's, her head is severed and his Uncle Mike's carrying it. Mm. And Richard s- went through all these and it was right at that time and Richard definitely masturbated to him, right? Like he got turned on by him. Mm. You know what I mean? So that a lot of people say was wow. a major sort of probably influential aspect. I would think so. Right. So, and when you consider the types of murders and rapes that Richard Ramirez got his, into. His uncle's showing them like they're trophies. Yeah, that's right. 
And then his uncle also was teaching him how to go into stealth mode. And they would smoke weed and drive around and his uncle would explain to him how to sneak in the dark and how to do this, like Green Beret shit. Hmm. And so Richard was just absorbing it, soaking it up, man, like an apprentice. Right. And then as he gets a little older, Uncle Mike's married to another Latina. Mm-hmm. Right? He marries this Latina, and, and, oh, and Richard Ramirez is over at their place. And the Latina, Jesse, right, red-headed Latina. I don't know why that matters, but I'm just saying it. And she's sick and tired of Mike's shit. She's telling Mike, like, you got to get over Vietnam. You got to get a job. Mm-hmm. You got to quit driving up and down the boulevard smoking weed and fucking hanging out. You got to do something. They ain't going to stand. And her mother-in-law got in the picture, too, and was like, hey, you got, listen, son-in-law, Mike, yeah. you got to get a job. Yeah. You got to quit smoking weed. Right. And they're grinding on Uncle Mike. Right? And Richard Ramirez goes to the refrigerator, opens the refrigerator, and there's a fucking nine millimeter or whatever in the refrigerator. And he says to his Uncle Mike, like, hey, what? why do you have a gun in the refrigerator? He said, keep it cool so that I can. I'm fire it off. It's not going to get too hot. Keep it cool. So it's like, okay. So then his wife comes in, starts grinding on him. You got to get a job. You got to quit smoking weed. You got to stop fucking this Vietnam bullshit. <laughs> right? And all of a sudden, Uncle Mike quietly walks to the fucking refrigerator, pulls out the gun, and points it at his wife. Right? And Richard's standing right there watching mm-hmm. this whole thing go down. And... The wife says, oh, what are you going to do, tough guy? What are you going to do with that? You're going to fucking shoot me? You're going to fucking shoot me? And she puffs up, like you see in the movies, mm-hmm. right? When people are like, yeah, this guy ain't going to. She puts her chin out and says, then fucking shoot me. And Uncle Mike just caps her right there, right in the face, point Damn. blank range, just drops her right there. And Richard's watching the whole thing. And then Uncle Mike turns to Richard and said, now listen. I want you to leave. I don't want you to get caught up in this. You were never here. You understand? And we're just like, yeah. And he left. <sighs> Later, right? I mean, what, what are you, what's going through your mind, Sean? I mean, that's got to weigh heavy on it. You walk away with that, and that's yeah. like in your mind. <clears throat> right. You got to carry that around for the rest of your life now. What I was thinking about was like, I, I, when I read that, I was like, you know what? Sometimes challenging somebody with a gun's not a good idea no <laughs> no <laughs> seriously uh, like especially I, a fucking ex-fucking green beret who's right. been in vietnam like who who does that who who murders women yeah there was a part there was a part of me that was like there's a level of pride that you need to stop like you don't know what you're dealing with like you get right but you don't even have to know his history in depth right so you know, the guy's ex Green Beret, who saw some action, right? Yeah. Okay. There, anybody in there, you know, fucking with two fucking brain cells knows you don't threaten somebody like that with a gun. Not to say that any of that's right. I'm no, just it's saying, yeah, I'm you with just, you. Why would, that, you that, why would you do that? Why would you yeah, do that? Why would you Where do that? Would you, Where would you? It might be a stance out of fear. You mean like instead of well, running then, away, you well, just Well, then you're react? just stupid. Right. That means your Maybe brain that's is- the wrong choice. But I mean- Brain just ain't working. I mean, maybe that's like a fear- complex like out of fear you're like oh what am i gonna do now and that's, the, that's i don't the, know why can't somebody uh, just like shut up be like you know what okay 
Like, you see what yeah, I mean? I'm going for a drive. Right. Or, you know, just, okay. And then just slowly, like, you know, but like, it's weird because maybe I'm only reacting like this because I get into fights with my wife sometimes and we go, <laughs> <laughs> we go down the road a ways and we both don't give up. I mean, nobody threatens any physical anything, but there's a point at which I know when she's arguing with me, she knows she's wrong. I know she's wrong, but she's still going. And she might just go straight to the fucking just get the a knife. Stand. You know what? She did hit me in the arm once when I Clock. ate a burrito. There you she go. got real mad. <laughs> it was it was her burrito. I ate it. <laughs> so anyway, um, so he carries that right. So Richard sees this, right? He carries it. He and goes, what happens? What oh, happens to dude? Does I'm going to tell you. For you're not even going to believe this. You're not even going to believe this. It's going to no. make you sick. So Richard keeps it quiet, goes home. Then the phone call comes to Julian, right, his dad. And they go, oh, you're never going to believe what your nephew did. Mike shot. Duh, duh, duh. And it was all a big, terrible scene. And the cops came and arrested Uncle Mike, right? And, uh, and he confessed, dead to rights. There's nothing to say. So they, they take Uncle Mike, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they take Uncle Mike and Uncle Mike puts on the insanity defense and says, I was in Vietnam. I have PTSD. Okay. I've seen way too much shit. <laughs> hey, 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 they be writing in on that, huh? They write like, why is Lucky always eating? I think they like it. They like it. Personally, I think they like it. But so, 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 so the point is, though, uh, yeah, so he puts this defense on and they raise the flag and say he was a hero. They go through all the battles that he won and all right. this shit. Was this at court? Yeah. Oh, wow. And he, they gave him the insanity plea and they sent him to a mental state hospital for a year and a half. And after that, he was cleared as stabilized and fine. Got out after a Damn. year and a half. That's the system, man. They're going to... Think about that. Right. That dude shot his wife, point blank range, in the face with a gun. And they had him dead to rights, and he said, Vietnam War, I'm a hero, I'm a little mentally unstable. So they go, okay. Now, you might go along with that up to that. You might say... Was this in Texas? I don't know. I think so. Yeah. So they might have gone all the way. You might go with that. You might actually say, like, oh, the dude saw some action. He's, he's loopy. But then a year and a half and you're mentally stabilized that you can leave the hospital? And then think about that. That's, I don't know. That to me seemed like not enough time. Like, how the fuck? Did... Anyway, point is, he got out after a year and a half. Ramirez, though, went with his dad because they were called to go back over to the scene of the crime after it had been processed to go retrieve personal items and all this other stuff. And Ramirez says, he said it to some interviewer, that when he walked in to the scene of the crime, now nobody knows that he was actually saw it go down. He said he, a special feeling came over to him when he right. saw the dried blood on the ground. He said he felt like a tingling, like a mysterious, a mysterious feeling, knowing that he was there when it happened, and now he's seeing the blood. And now the, the gone. Yeah. And they asked him, uh, his dad said, here's her purse, take her personal items out there. And as he goes and rummages through a purse, pulling her items out, he gets a special like feeling, a special something, like a touch, to touching the personal items of somebody that he knew and was killed. That was the seed that got planted mm-hmm. for him right then and there, behind that. 
Not that it's exciting. He might have felt not an excitement, but something more bigger than an excitement. Yeah, like a sacredness. Like a spirit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. All right, I know. Yeah, it's the spirit. Like, like, like when you feel the spirit mm-hmm. of something, whether it's negative or positive, the balance, man. You have negative and you have positive. You mm-hmm. relive it. Like, how about the positive feelings you have? You have. I can see in your situation, you have more. There's more like. Uh, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a character assassinating like Chumahan and, and these guys. From, we don't want to do that. What I'm saying is that the the, the chutzpah, the uh, the drive, man. It's yeah. not like the only drive that you have is checking the fucking internet to see if your second stimulus is coming and any type of fucking money, bro. Yeah. And that's not where it should be. You should be. I know. But you do help me a lot when it comes. No, when I got like I. Oh, I thought say. you were talking to Brian. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Are you talking to me? Check this morning. Like Smitty has a drive, but I don't know. Like I don't want to like judge, but it could happen. He doesn't like, want to judge. Said, like I've been in a, in a situation like, like I don't want to judge, but you're on radio. Let me tell you something. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to judge, but like out. you, you, you basically break into a sweat checking for that second stimulus check. <laughs> yeah, you fucking. Uh, I get excited. Uh, I believe that could have been actually that could have actually been the uh, the thing that uh, that set him off, man. What the stimulus? No, not the. <laughs> no, the going through the purse, me. going through the purse and getting the. the, the yeah, that's fucked. His up. aunt. That's that was his saying. aunt, right? That was his aunt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, going that was that person and, and, and having. Yeah, man. I mean, listen. There, there's enough things here that have gone on with him. How long after that situation when he had to go back? Brian, to you leaving? I have to go, bro. I got to get back my noon. Oh, well, Brian, thank you for coming down. Yeah, yeah. Brian, join us for a little while. You. Appreciate it, guys. Brian thank Stevens, you very much. All right, Brian. Brian Stevens, ladies and gentlemen. Brian ladies and gentlemen. Also, also known as San Francisco Brian. All right, Also known as uh, Shoeless, Shoeless Brian Stevens, right? Shoeless Brian Stevens. Still limping. Still limping. God bless. Sourdough ankle Brian Stevens. How long after the uh, that situation when he had to go back to the crime scene till he actually committed that first murder? Was there a time? What was the yeah, window? I, I, what was the window? I think it's. That's I think question. I think it's about ten years actually. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's then about that. That might not have been the stepping stone. No, there could no, have been a whole no, bunch no, of other because, shit. because because the uh, uh, it's ten years from that moment. Right. But you got to remember, he was probably like thirteen ish or something like that when that was going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds like Steve's. Uh-huh. Steve's. What's going on? Can you bring the mic out there? <laughs> what they yelling about? I don't know. Something about whether he could come down or not, or I don't know. Anyway, but the point is, is yo. But the point is, is that uh, um, <laughs> I love that. I love when Steve's handling business. Was he supposed to come and do a, a something? He no. He actually was in. Prison or county with one of the Wonder Brian Stevens was with one of the Wonderland murder guys. Oh, really? And he actually heard the straight story, and he knows it. Right. Like who actually killed him? Well, he came early. I know. I don't know. The timing was all fucked up. Was but he supposed to come a little later. I don't know, but this might be a good way to let the audience know that at some point we're going to come back to the Wonderland. We're going to do a second part with Brian Stevens That'd as a, I, as a, as an ear witness. He heard the whole thing. Right. First hand, first hand. Lynn or one of them that was alive. Yeah, I think so. David was it? David Lynn. Yeah, one of those dudes. The Wonderland man. Yeah, right. We're talking about around the time like what was that? No, so wait. So so this is what's interesting. Uh So so ten years in, 
No, it ain't Rafael. No. Man, Frank Salerno, this guy. We're talking about the cop, Smitty. Yeah. Smitty, we're talking about and the he, cop. Because Smitty made a comment over here. Cause I'm like, did he? Did that? Did that? That detective that you're talking about? Did he work on the Wonderland thing? And he yeah. said. He did work on Wonderland? Listen, Frank, Frank Salerno cut his teeth on Hillside Stranglers. Right. That's right? He, but not Wonderland. Mm. Maybe not the Wonderland. That's the question, Smitty. Oh. All right, all right. Yep. Man. He's man, oh, man. Let's get the facts fucking straight. The all right, fuck. we're, we're, all right. So Frank Salerno, right? On, Frank Salerno is the detective on... Oh, shit. Go ahead. <laughs> Hey, so, he what happened, hey, so what happened with Brian Stevens outside, man? We were, oh, nothing. Brian had to go. Yeah, Brian had to go. Yeah, Dude, he yeah, was going to yeah. come in and talk about Wonderland, right? No, that's another day. That's right? That's no, what that's saying. what I was saying. But we're gonna, yeah. Wonderland. What is what, what is Brian Stevens? What does shoeless Brian Stevens know about uh, Wonderland? Don't give <laughs> it all away. But what's the? He was he was going to visit. He was down with the brother. Which one? Oh, uh, da, the bodyguard. Yeah. Oh, he did time with the bodyguard. Yep, with, he uh, was in the county the whole time he was ever in the same fucking. Yeah, what was his name? Got Greg Dials, but the Greg name, Dials. They, they, he had a nickname. Yeah. A lot of people right. don't know the exactly. Greg Dials' nickname. He, and uh, nickname and and he, and he saw Homeboy right. a couple times as well in right. visiting. Sure, uh, uh, Eddie Nash. No yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. but he, he was fact, but he was housed the, with uh, Niles. So just so the listener knows, so you know, <laughs> understand what I'm about to say, Eddie Nash. Right? The Melendez brothers? Yeah. Richard Ramirez? Yeah. The Hillside Strangler? Yeah. All these celebrities? Yeah. Were actually in a part of the county jail? John Holmes? John Holmes? I mean, yeah. the list goes on. OJ? Yeah. They were all in a part of the county jail that I happened to get the privilege of working in. Right. In the 84. And I was going, because they had, let me tell you how they got me. So in 1984, my parole officer, <laughs> I ended up getting... Is this Richard get, Ramirez we're talking they, about? This yeah? is Richard Ramirez, okay. bro. Because they ended up... <laughs> okay. They got me off the streets. And when my parole officer was taking me to the county in 1984, yeah. my, my, my youth authority parole officer, he came and got me. Locked me up. I went to 18. <laughs> so I'm going to get back there. Hold on, Lucky. Don't start clowning. And then, like, gonna, listen. So what happened was, you got to remember, in 1984, 1985, so they, they, they locked me up. Right. They fucking came and I. The reason I go, hey, why are you locking me up? I don't think I did that bad of a violation. They go, we're fucking locking you up because the Los Angeles Olympics are about to hit L.A. Oh, and yeah. right. We don't want you on the fucking streets. Right, right. because you because you. That's could, all I'm gonna say. Because you could throw a shot put farther than any of them did. So, Look at, I'm backing up, bro. So, so, you're so, kind of so, like a so domestic terrorist, up, right? So what did it end up happening? Right, the price no, of the tickets to the the price of the tickets to the Olympics would you, like go down I'm by thirty percent. If you're happening st- is you're getting information <laughs> on where fucking Richard Ramirez was housed. Yeah. There's two parts of high power. The listener don't know this. Shit. Okay. Like okay. what are you talking about? High power. There's one downstairs by the attorney room, right? Right. That we all try to dodge. We ain't trying to get up in there. But yeah. you know, it's cool to get up in there. You have to have a red wristband to get up in there. Yeah. And then there's the hospital high power, which right. is you go up the elevator. Right. You have to pass two booths to get up there. Yeah. So if you have no business up there, they don't. You can't. Like I can't just fucking roam over there. Cause back in the but see everything's locked down now. But back when I was going through that county jail, we had, yeah, we called it a roaming pass. You could roam. You actually get out of your cell. And you fucking walk around you the could county jail. Roam if you want to. Sweat you, Let me just ask one question real quick. What happened after his brother kills the, the, kills that chick and they go through the house and he digs through and he gets all passionate about going through the ID of somebody that got killed again? 
So then what happens after that? All right. So obviously, uh, uncle goes to prison <laughs> and then gets oh, out. Oh, goes goes to jail. Yeah, goes he goes to the psych mental ward, psych ward. Right, gets out for a year and a half. Right. So then they 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 hang out again. They meet up oh, again. What? Uncle, yeah, Uncle and Richard. Uncle Mike and little Ricky. Gone, did it, back. Yeah. And they're back on the road again. Smoking weed. Really? Talking about breaking into houses and also so and and then <clears throat> at some point I'm talking about how he got away with one. Well, yeah. Basically. And then, you know, by now Richard's like in his late teens. I showed and, you how I get down. That's how you saw Richard. Right. You've seen how I get down now. And Richard said, he, like, he was a professional I thief. I will probably idolize him in some sick kind of a way. Oh, for sure. And, and. That's scary. I think he looks evil. I don't know about you guys. I don't know about handsome. I think he literally, he looks don't evil. Don't say that about Lepke. Not Lepke. Oh. <laughs> so the thing is, is. Although he is kind of scary looking. Who? <laughs> Lefke. Why? <laughs> he's coming at you. He's looking scary. Some people like look at him and they, in the corner of his eye, they look right at him when he's coming toward him. <laughs> like he's going to do something. <laughs> like, I should Dude, I move out guy. of the way? <laughs> All right. Now they say, do I know you from Netflix? <laughs> Yeah, baby Bizarro's right. Okay, so then what happened? So yeah, they start rolling around. At some point in this and and Lepke's right. It when so when Richard gets into Coke. Uh Uh-huh. Right. And he starts dabbling around with a Coke. That's when he starts becoming a thief. Gotcha. And his other makes sense, right? His other brother, Coke, one of his brothers, uh, well, they had work. a whole racket down at the Greyhound bus. I guess there was like a crew down there that was breaking into homes and just stealing stuff. Some cars too, especially. They had some <clears> stuff <throat> laid, so they had it all figured out. And like Richard, I guess, from learning from Uncle Mike about stealth and all this other stuff, he took it super serious on breaking into homes at night. Mm. So he started doing breaking and entering. Yeah, and and so while he was doing that, right, and he had like this pen light that he'd come in, and when you start getting, we haven't even gotten to the murders, right? right. Like we haven't even gotten there. We're just we're just building the soup. So the the thing is, is he gets a job at a hotel, and the guy gives him a pass key for all the hotels rooms. Meaning Richard Ramirez can go in <coughs> to anyone's hotel room, mm-hmm. and he starts doing peephole shit. Like looking at chicks and fucking watching them change and then going into other people's hotel rooms and stealing their shit stealing while they were Texas. sleeping. While they were no, sleeping. this is in L.A. Oh, really? Down well, by the do Greyhound. you know what? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not going to uh, No, no, no. Because I'll call the whole... I, I think I might I know. don't know if it's if it's I'll Lido. I'll call them right now. I'll call, Lido? No, I'll call Where's I'll the call Lido? No, Where's no, the Lido? The Lido's in Hollywood. Okay. No, let me tell you. I could call... I'm not... I can't... Not lucky goes, you'll call him. I, I'll call <laughs> the hotel that I think... He might have been in when he was doing this, and it was on Ninth and Main, which was the Huntington. And the thing about the Huntington is, you could go to the Huntington from the Greyhound bus station and get in that hotel without an ID. I know the history of that hotel because a lot of motherfuckers didn't have ID, and the hotel in there was sixteen. It was the Cecil. The Cecil, right? Okay. Now then, Damn, when he was he in the Cecil, there? yeah, Man, that's great. And that's I a big fucking spot. Yeah. So for him to get the key there, he's probably like a handyman, and he probably you know went in there and. There was, and I don't hands. even know. I don't even know if it was one of those things where uh, they That's get a haunted hotel. I know. So anyway, the point is, is we got to do a show on that hotel. Yeah. 
So you do a show on all the hotels. So yeah. Roslyn, the Frontier, the Huntington, and he and for a while the Comfort Inn. I, I think the they kicked him out of the Cecil and they moved him down there on Seventh and Stamford, or I forget what's Gladys, to the uh, into the Continental. He right. was staying in the Continental. Right. Too. Right. Yep. So he, anyway. His first, so he's having the travel all, lodge, the motherfuckers. Right, the travel lodge. Remember what happened at the travel? Mm-hmm. There the was Steve a cr- Fox. crazy story about some guy that got shot up and then went upstairs to change a diaper from the baby. Wasn't Are that you? Are you talking about no? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not, no, that wasn't the travel what lodge. Was that was the Econo lodge. Yeah, remember the Econo lodge? We got jokes over here to my left. <laughs> the Econo lodge. Yeah, the Econo lodge. Anyway, shout so, out to Spotlight Tattoo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Thank you. Shout out to uh, Bob Roberts, Baby Ray. Hey, shout out to um, uh, what was the name of that seafood joint with the whale tail that was owned by the skipper? Man, Lucky knows the name of it. I can't pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, that was uh, the captain, yeah, that, captain's table. No, shout right, out to the captain's the, table. No, was, oh, no, no, that, no, was, that, was, the fi- that was the fish shanty. The fish shanty, which fish was shanty shanty Shout out to the fish shanty. Salmon Senny, look, a little history. Salmon Senny and La Cienega. Yeah. And the second fat burger was right next to that. Shout yeah, out. but also the the, the um second fat burger. the the <laughs> captain's table was right. on La Cienega over by where the Conroy's Flowers is. Right, right. There was a and it was the captain's table. It was owned by Gelligan from Didn't Gelligan's Paul Island. Did Rossi have a restaurant down there? He did back yeah, in the couple, day. Had a couple. Yeah, some restaurants. That's restaurant. Spanish world. Kitchen right. and fucking the Belmont. Right, yep, yeah, right. yeah. All right. So, so yeah. So, <laughs> so he was uh, there. That was long after Richard Ramirez. Right, yeah. right. Richard Ramirez was still in Texas. No. But he was in L.A. And so his first rape. Was in the hotel room? Yeah. In the hotel? Really? Yeah. And he left her alive? Well, this is what happened. So he's, he hasn't gotten to killing yet. Okay, and this is what Frank Salerno told somebody that was like looking at this case. He was saying when, when you want to start looking and researching who's doing all this stuff, you want to look deeper than what you're looking for because a, a killer isn't made overnight. Salerno was saying, like, it takes a long time. Like, the 10 years we talked about from Richard seeing Uncle Mike shoot his wife in the face all the way till him actually doing something, mm-hmm. takes some time. Right. Little things. So the breaking and enterings were the beginnings of him transgressing and testing out his skills. And he became very proficient, actually, at breaking into homes and stealing shit. Mm-hmm. And so... And so, <laughs> so, so... They said he could break into anything. Okay, thank you. So then uh, he's at this hotel. He's peeping, and this hot chick is getting undressed, and she's getting down in her underwear, and he's decided tonight's the night he's going to go all the way with whatever sick fantasies he's got. Mm. He, she turns around, and he gets into the room, and he comes up from behind so she can't see his face, and he ties her up with her own panties and gags her with her own panties, all this shit, right? And she's starting to comply with everything because she knows that her big fucking muscly boyfriend is on his way back to the hotel room right now. He just went downstairs to order some food. So Richard's trying to get going, do his thing, and all of a sudden the door just flies open. And the, and the boyfriend sees six-foot skinny Richard terrorizing his girlfriend and just beats the fucking shit out of this Richard Ramirez. Really? Just mops the fucking floor with him. Huh. Just fucking just beats the crap out of him, and he gets arrested. He has to go to the hospital first, then gets arrested. But this couple leaves instead of, not the husband, Richard Ramirez gets arrested. 
Mm-hmm. Richard Ramirez tells his parents and his family that the truth was was that sh- that the woman was having an affair with me, Richard, and the husband ca- and this guy came in and was jealous and beat me up, and they believed that story. Mm. When 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 in reality he was trying to force himself on his woman, and the cops believed the boyfriend who beat mm-hmm. him up, but they decided not to stick around and testify, so the cops let him off. Mm. So the cops let Richard Ramirez off and he goes on about his business again, just doing whatever. Down at the bus station, cocaine, breaking and entering at night. At some point, he reads, he comes into contact with the Satanic Bible written by Anton LaVey. And it just speaks to him, right? Like it just makes sense to him. And as he's reading it, he sees the kind of what, what, what the satanic Bible is trying to tell him anyway, he thinks, is that, that, that everyone sins. The only difference between these fake Christians and, and Satanists is that Satanists aren't hypocritical. They admit it. Mm. They're not living a lie. They're not pretending to be good people while doing bad shit. Mm. That's his whole thing. That's that, and that makes sense to him. So he gets so caught up in it that he decides, I'm going to go to San Francisco and go to and meet Anton LaVey. And he does meet Anton LaVey. And like Anton LaVey said, yeah, I remember Richard Ramirez and says something like, I liked him. He seemed like a nice guy. And, that, and everybody who interacted with Richard, most, like a lot of people, including even Philip Carlo, the author, says, like, look, this guy, yes, he's evil, but he's also very charming. And he's also like in person to person. He's like a, he's still kind of got that small El town, El Paso vibe to him. He goes there. And he says he witnesses one of the satanic church uh, ceremonies. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know exactly what it involves. People stand in a circle and pentagrams and all the shit. Yeah. Sacrifices of fucking lamb. I there was a naked lady. And Anton Levitt was presiding over this naked woman. And there was some kind of, I don't know what. But Richard says that he felt the cold hand of Satan touch his spine at that moment. He swears. Mm. And he swears he felt so cold and so bad that he called his mom, Mercedes, and asked her to pray for him. And he wouldn't tell her why. And the prayers didn't stick because he just decided, fuck it, I'm going full on Satan. I'm going to believe in Satan. And he became what they call a lone worshiper. He didn't want to be in Anton LaVey's group because he actually thought it was infiltrated by the police. Mm. So he was a lone, uh, he was a lone worshiper. Disciple of Satan. Yeah, and he was out there with the Dark Lord and he was praying to him and he was drawing pentagrams on his hands and 666 and all this other shit. And the first woman that he killed, he needed money, he needed to get high. Uh... The first woman he killed um, was an older woman, and um, he nearly decapitated her with a, with a, with his knife. You know what? Just hold up everything right now, you hard luck listeners. If you want to hear the rest of this show, you're gonna have to tune back in yeah. later on this week. Yeah, because we're about to wrap this up. We're giving away too many jewels, giving away just too much information. <laughs> 